This episode is sponsored by Texas Wine Lover, the premier website and mobile app to discover Texas wineries and local businesses, your number one reliable source for Texas wine news and information. So friends, go download the Texas Wine Lover app and start planning your winery tours today. Welcome, all of you wine and true crime lovers. I'm your host, Brandy, and this is Texas Wine and True Crime. Thank you for being here, friends, for this week's episode, The KFC Murders in Kilgore. I want to give a huge thank you to Marion Ward for joining our Patreon family. Marion and Lisa host the Female Mentor Podcast. These ladies are so funny. They asked me to come on to the show last week. Uh, so I look forward to sharing that episode with all of you. So go check out my friends on the Female Mentor Podcast. Tonight, I am sipping on a Roussan from our friends at Tatum Cellars. I can't wait to share all of this and some exciting news from our friends at Texas Wine Club during our wine recess. All right, friends, if you're ready to jump in this case, it's time to sip some wine and talk some crime. As always, I want to give you some facts about the city the crime takes place in. So let's learn a little bit about Kilgore, Texas. Number one, country singer Tracy Bird was born and lived in Kilgore, Texas until the age of 16 before he moved to Longview. I like Tracy Bird and I had no idea it was from Kilgore. Number two, the Kilgore College Rangerettes have been going strong since 1940 when the school decided they needed an organization to attract more women to the college and to keep people entertained at the football games. The Rangerettes perform at different events all around the world. Population today in Kilgore sits around 13,500 people. On September 23, 1983, an armed robbery at a local KFC turned into a mass murder in Kilgore, Texas. It went unsolved for almost two decades, yet authorities believe a rapist and a murderer is still on the loose. What happened that day in the KFC? All right, friends. I attempted to get the police reports for this case, but I was denied. Uh, listeners who, who follow this case, if you have a police report, you know, sharing is caring. But I got denied. And the reason I was denied is because this mass murder of five people is still an ongoing investigation, even though two men went to prison for this crime. The victims were 20-year-old David Maxwell, 37-year-old Mary Tyler, 20-year-old Monty Landers, 20-year-old Joey Johnson, and 39-year-old Opie Hughes. Now, Mary, Opie, and Joey were on duty that night at the KFC. Monty Landers and David Maxwell went up to um, the restaurant to meet their friend, Joey Johnson, that was working his shift. Now, David Maxwell was also an employee, but he was not due to work that evening. So you've got five people, three employed um, that are actually working. And then you have another employee, David Maxwell, um, that comes up there. Um, and then you have Monty Landers, who is just a friend of Joey Johnson and David Maxwell. So we've got a total of five people in the KFC. Now, police receive a phone call from Mary Tyler's daughter between 10.30 p.m. and 11 p.m. that night. 
She is at the KFC. Uh, she notices that the door is unlocked. Um, there's also blood on the floor. There's napkins strewn around, utensils. Things just look a little bit of a disarray, but it's what she doesn't find that worries her. She can't find her mother or the other employees. Now, she didn't know at the time about the other two young men that had made their way up to the KFC that night, but that is soon cleared up when David Maxwell's pregnant wife, Lana, shows up at the KFC around midnight looking for her husband. Now, she tells police that David was headed up to the KFC earlier that evening and had not come home. So she wasn't sure where where he was. Um, And she tells the police David was meeting Joey Johnson, who has already been um, accounted for with as far as missing from um, from Mary's daughter who mentioned Joey, along with the other friend Monty Lander. So now she has identified um, David and Monty as also being missing and Both were headed up to the KFC. So now police have five missing people. Um, Their assumption, of course, is an abduction because of the way the scene looks. There's five adults missing. So an assumption of an abduction. The Texas Rangers are then called in. They are all all local authorities um, are searching. They find absolutely nothing that night. But the next morning, an oil field worker spots what he thinks is a pile of debris or or pile of clothes. Um, and this is about 15 miles from the KFC restaurant. So the pile of clothes actually ends up being four of the five victims. Opie Hughes's body was found about 50 yards away from the others. She was also the only one that had been um, raped. DNA from that assault was found on Opie's person. Now, all four of the victims were lying face down. Their heads were pointing north. Each victim had been shot twice in the back of the head. Joey had been shot an additional time. So theory that possibly maybe Joey tried to get up and run or just attempted to get up once he knew his fate. Um, Also, the theory of why Opie was found 50 yards away. Again, I'm going to go kind of with with the same theory. You know, I I tend to think Joey may have seen his fate, like I mentioned, you know, lying before him and made that decision to attempt to flee. Or maybe he started to fight back. Um, I think Opie probably did the same. I think she actually did get up and start to run for it. And the third unknown assailant chased her down. Now, the reason I say he's the unknown assailant, well, one, um, we know from the autopsy, she did have some defensive wounds. And then whoever, whomever um, attacked her, you know, subdued her and raped her and probably to punish her for trying to leave. But this DNA did not match the two men that have gone to prison, which is why this is still an ongoing investigation, because they have a third DNA profile. Now, I have read, I do not have the police reports, but I have read in in certain um, interviews and media outlets that 
the DNA sample has come and been profiled to a white male. Now, I haven't been able to confirm that. If anybody has any confirmation on that and has actually read the police report, um, you know, please let me know. But again, two African-American individuals went to prison for this. But the DNA that was found on Opie is possibly a white male. Now, Joey's autopsy yielded a broken fingernail that was trapped like basically in his pants waistband. Um, When police found this, of course, they thought, here it is, right? Here's the link that that we're hoping for. Um, And because remember, this case goes unsolved for two decades. They have witnesses that come forward that overheard conversations. Uh, One conversation between Mary Tyler and her daughter about how much money was in the tills that night and that it needed to be taken to the bank. Um, There were witness descriptions of individuals that were in the KFC that night. And because of these conversations and because of these descriptions, police questioned Darnell Hartsfield and his cousin Romeo Pinkerton. Now they live in the area and they match the descriptions given. But they were ruled out by police because they claim to have alibis that appear to be pretty solid. So they were interviewed um, early on and the descriptions match. But um, police, you know, they had an alibi. Now, another suspect was the son of, um, of a political figure, and he was also a known criminal. And his name is James Mankins. Now, people started to come forward and say, that he carried a gun, that he was heard, you know, threatening people, um, saying that he might have been involved in the KFC murders. Now, again, since I don't have the police report, um, I can't confirm this, but it also said that he had a torn fingernail at the time. Now, Mankins did not match any witness descriptions that were given, but he ends up being charged with this crime. And just based on the circumstantial evidence and the belief that the torn fingernail appeared to be a match. So they start to set a trial for this guy. He is arrested. He is going to be charged with these murders, but they start to get advances in DNA, right? And they start testing different evidence from this case. And one thing that they test is the fingernail. And it actually came out that it was not James Manskin's uh, Mankins's fingernail. Um, it actually belonged to another victim, Mary Tyler. And you know, when I heard that, I thought to myself, a torn fingernail in the waistband of Joey. Uh, you know, she was probably holding on for desperation or grabbing on, um, but but to pull her fingernail off, you know, it just it, you just have to think what these poor people were going through. Um, With no other physical evidence linking Mankins to the crime, all charges were dropped against him. And now it's time for a wine recess. Okay, friends, well, I'm rolling solo today, as you can hear. So I am sipping on a Roussan from my friends at Tatum Cellars. So if you haven't had Roussan, you must. It is one of the main white grapes of the Rhone Valley in France, With a warm Texas climate, the Roussan has hints of honey, stone fruit, and pear. 
Bright floral aromas and baked bread are accompanied by beeswax, spice, and yellow flowers. And this pairs very well with buttery meats and sauces. Um, one thing that I actually love to make with uh, Roussan is baked brie. Um, Chris makes, we're going to have to do a cheese platter. <laughs> um, he makes these amazing toppings for the baked brie. But I know for a fact that baked brie um, and, and some sort of sweet compote on top goes fantastic with Roussan. Um, so the creation of Tatum Cellars was the same, uh, happened the same year as the birth of their daughter, Tatum Rose in 2012. Founder and winemaker Joshua Fritchie was busy working in the cellar and vineyards of William Chris when he noticed the Texas wine industry was severely lacking in a specific wine style, dry rosé. Then the idea of Tatum Rosé was born. Now, initially, the brand only focused solely on dry province-style rosé, but the demand for the initial 40 cases pushed him to make more wine with more varietals. Josh began partnering with outstanding growers to source the best fruit in the state. You can visit the tasting room at Tatum Cellars in Johnson City, Texas. So go see our friends at Tatum Cellars and tell them your friends at Texas Wine and True Crime sent you. Now, this wine and others have come to us from the Texas Wine Club. Friends, over the next few weeks, don't wait. Don't wait any longer. You are going to receive, just for listening to me today, just for listening and tuning into the show, are you ready for this? 50% off. Yes, that's what I said. 50% off your first shipment. That means for all of our listeners, everyone, go to TXWine.com, put in the code CRIME, or true crime, and you will get 50% off. That means $55 off a three-pack, $110 off a six-pack, and y'all, $210 off the 12-pack. So don't wait. Go to TXWine.com, put in the code CRIME or true crime, and get this amazing Texas wine sent right to your door. All right, friends. Two decades later, years after this crime, police reviewed and retested evidence. So now we have moved into the DNA era, right, of more testing, more availability, um, more adequate testing for, to find DNA on these items. Remember, there were a bunch of items thrown all over that KFC. So using these techniques, they took the clothing of the victims, they analyzed the napkins um, that had blood on them, there were um, blood-stained box. So all of this was reanalyzed, and they came up with three DNA profiles. That first profile belonged to Darnell Hartsfeld, and that second one belonged to Romeo Pinkerton. In 2005, both of these men were charged with the murders of the KFC um, mass murder of the five people based on the DNA found on the napkin in the box. Now, although they maintained their innocence through the trials and claimed that police had planted evidence against them, they end up pleading guilty at the very last minute to avoid the death penalty. They were each given, each given five life sentences to serve consecutively. Now, Hartsville was found guilty and sentenced to life in prison in September of 2008. Now, almost a year to the date, Darnell Hartsfield, 61 years old, died in May 
uh, died in May of 2022 from a massive stroke in prison. Y'all, he was scheduled for a parole hearing the same month he died. Karma. Both men, again, maintained their innocence. Um, he, Hartsfield, uh, said that he was innocent. Romeo Pinkerton claims that James Mankins, remember, remember him? He was one of the original suspects and was arrested and charged with this crime until it came back that his DNA did not match anything at the crime. Um, and James Manskin, Romeo says that he was actually the real perpetrator and that the napkin and box were planted to protect him because he was the son of a, of a wealthy statesman. Now, I mentioned three DNA profiles. The third DNA profile found was from a semen stain from the clothing of Opie Hughes. And that did not belong to any of the men previously suspected nor any known criminal in the database. So although no match was found in the police database, um, like I mentioned earlier, some reports say it was profiled to, to a, a white man, a white male individual. Um, again, if you have the police report and that is in there, please let me know. Um, but I find that very interesting. Uh, now, James Mankins is a is a white male, whereas um, Romeo Pinkerton and Hartsfield are not. They're both African-American men. So, but Opie's family throughout the years basically begged these guys to give up the third person. But both of them remain, you know, steadfast that they were innocent of this crime that they had been set up. Um, but that third person's name has never been given to police. And this is still considered an open investigation because they know, I, I feel like they, I feel confident in saying that I think the police feel confident that there is a third suspect out there involved in this crime. And that it, in order to have total resolution of this case, they need to find this individual with this DNA. Uh, Romeo Pinkerton is 64 years old and is still sitting in the James V. Allred unit in Wichita Falls. He will actually be up for parole again in May 2024. All other parole hearings um, have, have failed for uh, Pinkerton. So again, one year from this month, next year, he will be up for parole. So going back to the DNA, um, the semen found on the clothing, you know, to me, and I think about this, it's hard to believe that this person would be a one-time rapist, a one-time murderer. You know, is it that he's never been caught committing another crime? And the fact that these two never name anyone else, and they completely deny their involvement in the case. So, you know, you have to think, was there, you know, Who's, whose DNA does that belong to? Um, why wouldn't they give him up? Um, is it because they, you know, they don't want to be snitches? Um, that they don't, you know, maybe this person is family. Or maybe this person, now these guys are cousins. You know, maybe this person um is somehow involved in their family or was a, a very good friend of theirs at the time. I don't know. It's hard. 
it's hard to say, um, you know, why they've never named a suspect. But again, they, these guys are, are saying that their DNA was planted and that they had um, absolutely, absolutely nothing um, to do with this crime. So um, if I know there are some family members of um, a few of these folks that have been in our groups and that have reached out and and shared, you know, um, their story. So, you know, I, I hope that Opie Hughes's family gets the the closure they're looking for. I know that I'm sure they feel very happy and, and confident that they have two of the right men. Uh, one of those men is now deceased. So, you know, maybe it would be interesting to see if Romeo Pinkerton um, comes forward with any information, knowing that his parole hearing is coming up in 2024. We just never know what people are going to say and do. Well, that concludes the KFC murders in Kilgore. If you want to see pictures related to this case, you can find them on our Instagram and Facebook pages. Friends, thank you so much for listening to the show. Again, if you have any police reports or anything you want to share about the KFC murders, feel free to message us or email us at team, T-E-A-M, at texaswineandtruecrime.com. Until next time, friends. Stay safe, have fun, and cheers to next time.